Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up. We did have Falcons great Andre Risen here on the show this week. Unfortunately, we did have some technical issues uh, with his audio. So a little bit choppy, a little bit uh, interesting, the interview, but he, he powered through it and so did we. Um, it ended up being a lot of fun, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up about those issues uh, so you weren't surprised. Uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Again, thanks for tuning in. You can check out our shows uh, after the games on Sundays. You can also check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash live. Again, guys, thanks so much for your support and enjoy this week's episode. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to episode 161 of the Falcoholic Live. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, joined by a very, very special guest tonight. He is former All-Pro and five-time Pro Bowl Falcons wide receiver Andre Risen. Andre, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome. How you guys doing? That's great, great, man. That, hey, that's Falcons legend. Yes, you gotta, legend. You gotta, you gotta get it right. Falcons legend, man. Exactly. Well, we're super excited to have you on, Andre. We're gonna get uh, hopefully some great insight from you tonight. I know uh, you've got a new book coming out as well that we're gonna talk about. Uh, also with us tonight, as you guys can see, we have Eric Robinson at the very easy to remember uh, at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Ready to talk some Falcons football on this bye week. Excellent. Excellent. Also with us, we have Director of Guest Personnel, Evan Birchfield, at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, how are you doing? I am great, and I'm thankful for Andre uh, coming on tonight. Absolutely. We appreciate that as well. And then finally, last but not least, we have Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way on the Twitters. Adnan, how are you doing? Uh, doing very well, you know, enjoying the Falcons bye week, enjoying the brave success. You know, it's, it's a good time in Atlanta right now. It really is. It's an exciting time. The Falcons won, you know, so it's, it's definitely a nice week for us as well. Guys, we're going to talk with Andre for a bit. Then we're going to dive into that, uh, week five victory over the jets. Talk some, some, uh, some bye week stuff, uh, give you some updates on injuries and all that as, as we get them. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's open things up. I know you guys probably have some, some questions for Andre, so I will uh, open the floor to you guys. If you have anything to, uh, to get, to, to get out, this is your chance. So, <laughs> you know, honestly, man, I, the first question I have for you is, man, I, I, I want to know, you know, what you see, I'm, I'm pretty sure you watch the Falcons and you keep up with everything that's going on with the franchise right now. What do you, what's your, your insight on the, on the state of the team and the direction that they're going? Um, it's funny, you know, cause a lot of dialogue over the off season and prior to the off season was about Julio. Yeah. Where he was going to be, where he was going to end up. Um, so that ate up a lot of time, a lot of months in between. Um, yeah. Well, moves to be made by our organization and, and also moves to be made by players to get better themselves. Right. Uh, 
better in the offseason. You know, a lot of people wanted to always rant and rave about, you know, the Deion Sanders and the Andre Risings and yeah. what we did, this, this, that. I know one thing we did, we prepared. Um, you don't become great football players without that preparation. And so right. um, I can see it. The, the old pros can see it from day one when we've watched many, from many camp all the way to when the season starts, if a guy's been getting that extra work in or if he's taking it for granted, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the active roster. I know, right. I, I know I'm going to be playing. And um, that's what I look for. And because that's, that's key into uh, the Atlanta Falcons organization compared to the other organizations that are uh, quote unquote jockeyed already preseason winners. Yeah. Um, the Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. You don't hear your name in the Super Bowl contending uh, names being mentioned in the offseason leading into the season. Yeah. You should take that personal. Yeah. As a, as a player, you should take it personal. As leaders of the team, uh, you should take it personal. And so it's easy for us to see if they did it or not. And right. Looks like they spent time with each other, you know, and uh, that's how you win close games. Um, and that's how you win games that you don't suppose to win. And, you know, you right. get the playoffs in the first eight games, you know, and then you, you fight for it in the last eight, but you right. get the playoffs in the first eight. And um, I like where we headed. Uh, I don't know a lot about management. I've only been back since I left the Falcons. I've only been asked to come one time. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, for years, I used to wonder why I wasn't in the ring of honor, stuff like that, you know, and um, to be an all-time leading Falcon receiver for so long in a short yeah. Fine. Yeah. You know, I used to feel it was unfair, but man, life goes on, people move on, and um, I live a great life. Um, just built a beautiful home, got beautiful wife, beautiful kids, man, and uh, life couldn't be better. Just just been nominated for the Hall of Fame, class of 22. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. Congratulations on that. I appreciate it. And what's crazy yeah. about the Falcons, I have no ties to them. <laughs> right. It's wild. Like, I mean, hey, like, you're. Oh, yeah, like, can you come help Ridley? Oh, can you come help me? <laughs> can you come? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to you 50, over 50 touchdowns. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only, yeah. Only. Um, so, you know, you, you play. I don't, I don't bat on the door. I don't beat on the door. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, mm-hmm. I play for Mr. Blank. Um, so that's, that's, that's understanding. But what's ironic, I talked to Michael Vick yesterday. Okay. And, we're going to start doing camps across the country, quarterback and wide receiver camps across the country. Nice. Him and I, and um, we really, we're really excited about it. Um, we think that's going to be huge. It's going to be big. Because um, it's like fighting, fighting, fighting giants and pulling teeth, man, to get a job. Yeah. Right. All they get coaching, you know, and you cut the TV on and I don't know who in the hell coaching the wide receivers. <laughs> speaking, speaking of wide receivers, man, you play. I know, in, I, I, know I know a little bit. You know. <laughs> speaking of wide receivers, you played in the great era of wide receivers, man. You you played in the same era with guys like Jerry Rice and Tim Brown and and Herman Moore and those guys that come to mind. Guys nowadays, who are your favorite receivers to watch? And and what you know, what are, what is your thoughts on the current state of the wide receivers in the NFL now? Um, I think it's getting better. I think the um, the veterans of it now that used to be youngins, yeah, realize that it's just not about running routes. You know, you're gonna right. get. It's just not about running routes. Everybody can run. Everybody can run. You know, right? You, where to be on time? You got to be disciplined. 
but you mm-hmm. got to catch the games. Yeah. I'm not a fan of all these guys that's got a thousand catches, and I hear all these reporters and guys doing podcasts giving all these kudos to these guys like they're so great. And I'm like, <laughs> he can't, he wouldn't even make our team, like for real. Like some of these guys that you name off, name yeah. Mitchell James, and right. they wouldn't make our team, dude. Plus, if I can go over there and check you, that's yeah. how I get it. Yeah. I on the other side of the ball, and I can check you. You're not what they say you are. Trust me. Right. The ones you be naming off, I can go check. Yeah. And check me. You know, and so (laughs) we used to evaluate it like that, you know. Right. And on both sides of the ball. And so I look for guys who are like, not old school, uh, but the ones that are paying homage to the old school remedies as far as being prepared for the game and your opponent. Um, I like Devontae Adams. Um, Technician. uh, A technician, man. Because it's a, it, you're watching a pro. Yeah. Some guys are overrated, you know, and I ain't going to call no names. Yeah. Just because you throw the ball up and just because somebody's 6'6", six, six, and I don't know who in the hell invented the 50-50 ball. Where I, <laughs> the quarterback throws the ball, dude. It's the wide receiver's ball. It's my ball. You know, who came up with this 50-50, all these new personnel groupings? It's still trips. It's still twins. Yeah. Out here. So I take Devontae Adams, give me Ridley, give me Devontae on one side, give me Ridley on the other side, and then my horse, give me my horse Hopkins. Hopkins makes plays. Yeah. You know, he Body makes plays control. and he makes plays to win games. Right. Um, you know, I hear all about all these receivers going to the NFL Hall of Fame, and I can name off several real quick that I have more touchdowns than. Yeah. When okay. I retired, I retired top five all time. So I really could give a damn about. Who's talking about this or who's talking about that? When I retired from the game, I was top five, top seven all time. So when you say the Rices and the Reeds and the Browns, where the hell was I? Right. Where you should be in that conversation. He was playing yeah. Atlanta yeah. Falcons, putting up numbers, dude. Yeah. Well, oh, man, we know game. why. We know why, there. right? Yeah, we you know, know why. So. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the touchdowns. Give me a Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> then I go to Kansas City. I go back to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, AFC Championship game. Okay, then Gannis they come out to Oakland. Gannis they come out to Oakland. We go to the AFC Championship again, and I scored damn near double figures and touchdowns again. Yep, you know I scored double figures and touchdowns five straight years. You know, so I I don't know what I needed to do to get in that that conversation. What you're talking about, you know what I'm saying? But if you ask me who I like, I like Devontae Adams. Give me Ridley. I gotta have Ridley. I gotta have Ridley on the other side. Okay. And just, not only just to stretch the field, you know, he does a lot of small stuff that people never gonna give me credit for because he ain't six six, he ain't six five. That's that's what it. That's what a game is now, man. This is what happens. This is how you guys know the show's live. Hey, we can't fake this. Bad moon. This, this, oh, this yeah. bad yeah. moon. Yeah. So it's you know, moon. you can't fake this. This sort of uh, you know live call thing. You know, this this is how you know mm-hmm. this is a homegrown program right here. So uh, we appreciate Andre for, for trying and. Uh, I love that he just continued to talk. Like most people would just kind of oh, walk, yeah. like shut down if their yeah, if their audio just, goes yeah, out. He's he, just like, nah, I'm just gonna keep going. Him. Yeah, yeah. He showed everybody in the household. He was. I thought we was gonna get a tour of the crib at first. I'd be down for that. You know, I'm I'm open. I'm just happy Probably. to have him on. I'm happy we got 
even five minutes with him is really awesome. Honestly, yeah, if, if that's if that's all we can I'm get, sure you know. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna be back. That's oh, I'm sure he's gonna try. Yeah, of course. Of that's course. But, Andre uh, Rosen, man. Yep. That's, yep. Uh, you don't even have to be a Falcons fan to recognize. Like, that's... you could tell the disrespect he feels, and I don't. Oh yeah, him. I don't blame him. The, if the Falcons have done and they've done several bad things, it's not appreciating the like legends that they've actually had. Yeah. In my my opinion, yeah, and uh, yeah. he said himself since he left Atlanta, he came back once, and yep. he left Atlanta in nineteen ninety after nineteen ninety four, like in nineteen ninety five. I mean, I wonder what game that was that he came back for. Yeah, I'm curious now. Actually, know. I'm sure it was like one of them early two thousand ones or something. But if I can, just real quick, for Falcons fans watching who like are more modern, I guess, and don't really have a good clue of Andre Risen. He is currently fourth, and this is franchise records for the Falcons, fourth in receptions, 423, fifth all-time in receiving yards, 5,633, fourth in receiving touchdowns, 56, and his uh, receiving yards per game is 72.2. It's second, only behind Julio. Like, he was – I mean, when you think of the guys who are ahead of him in those other categories, it's basically Julio, Roddy White, and uh, I think – uh, Terrence Mathis. Even maybe. even the even the even the modern the modern current Falcons fans. Uh, hey, y'all got to get the book. The book is awesome. <laughs> the book um, <laughs> it's called Wide Open. It's an awesome book. Got great, great pictures in it. Great pics. Uh, talk about my great friends. Um, you know, then and now, and uh, just let the truth be known too. About certain situations where the narrative was already printed and, and written by the media or whatever it was, but um, it's an inspirational book. If I had to put one word on it, you mm-hmm. know, if you go ever went through anything in life, it's a great book to read. If you ever doubt doubted yourself, it's a great book to read. If you ever uh, felt like you were underappreciated, uh, underappreciated, it's an gr- awesome book to read. Um, if you believe in faith. It's a great book to read. Uh, if you got plans on being successful uh, and beating anything that you know comes at you, uh, that, takes to, that tries to take your intangibles away, uh, I felt like at some point in time, uh, not only my character but just my charisma, just everything was trying to be stripped from me, uh, and um, I just had to get my feet back up under my ground, uh, my my feet back up under me, and um, stand on solid ground and. And that's when I decided to write the book. Uh, Kamala Douglas wrote it. Uh, she spent time with uh, Eric Dickerson, uh, the Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson did the forward. Um, Stan Lee from Marvel. The great, the great Stan Lee. Stan Lee? Marvel. Wow. He gave me the collector's item. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually in the book as Spider-Man, all that good stuff. And so oh, wow. oh, that, that was written dope. by Stan Lee himself. And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> you got the whole crew there's like a and whole so, ensemble uh, cast there you know we just it took about about two and a half years took about two and a half years also took uh took me some soul searching with the organizations i played for too on what i was going to actually reveal um, talked about a lot of a lot of issues that we discuss uh on an everyday basis why why aren't there more minority coaches um, why aren't there uh, more people in minorities in, in management? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they are, it seems like they're hand-selected as far as uh, their people. 
as opposed to ex-players. Um, and I think, you know, it's funny. We didn't have the internet back then. We didn't have a lot of media resources. And um, we actually, players like Deion Sanders and myself, we were the internet. And uh, right. I don't think we get the credit for it. Yeah. You know, um, it's easy for somebody to jump on a, a podcast or do an interview and, and bash somebody. It's like I, I sat down with my son one night and uh, you know, we watching NFL Network, and I'm looking at Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCarty or bash me. Daddy. On NFL Network, for 30 years, 25 years later, but that goes to show that goes to show you um, what type of people that were inside locker rooms. Mm. Fake. Dog. <laughs> Fake. <laughs> Non-religious propaganda guys, bigots. You name it. Um, see, just recent, just recently we had, and as much as it hurt for me to say it, we just had John Gruden, yeah. you know, on something. And but yet, if I say something, if Andre Risen says something back in the '90s about something that the locker room ain't right, this locker room is divided, but won't nobody say nothing about it. Blacks are over here, whites are over there. Blacks go eat after the game here, whites go eat after there. Boom. Ain't no black people in the stands watching no NFL games. Can't afford it. But there's a lot of white people that can't afford it as well. Mexicans, Italians as well. But I just know after high school, black people ain't in the stands no more. Um, yeah. But I know what's on the field in between the lines. you know. And um, I think it's very unfair to former players that try to get into coaching and they send us through all kinds of loopholes. You had to coach in elementary, junior high, high school before they claim that you know the game. Or you even get a shot, and then they, it's a it's, the Rooney Rule was a joke. So those are some of the things that you actually read about in the book. You know more so than some gimmick shit. Uh, I talk about times I had three touchdowns in the first quarter, and then I wouldn't see the ball no more. I talk about why the Falcons didn't put an offer on the table when I was a free agent, nor Dion, nor Scott Case, nor Brian Jordan. You know those are things that. You go to sleep with and have to swallow. Um, you know, all-time leading receiver there in history in five years. Dude. You don't make an offer, you know, and, and what I did for the city of Atlanta, and I still do and will continue to do. But um, those are just some of the things we talk about. Then we talk about the streets. We talk about professional athletes having to survive in these streets and not knowing how uh, because once they go pro, you ask to be a certain way, live a certain way, carry yourself a certain way, which you should. But you should also know, too, that one day your ass ain't going to be playing no more. And you don't have to know how to survive out here from 9 to 5. And ain't nobody from the organization going to be calling you, talking about come uh, do the fundraiser for me with Jesse Tuggle. You know, ain't nobody going to be calling you. Ain't no former player going to be calling you either. That also worked for the organization because he want that spot. And he don't want you to come take that limelight, nor that shine, nor that spot. And so a lot of people call it inferior. I call it just downright just scared. And to, to have the best people in your organization that you can get to help you be a successful organization, as opposed to, I'm just gonna pick who I wanna pick and who somebody say pick. Um, we've gotten so far away from it. You don't even know who coaching. You don't even know who on the sideline. You barely know who playing, unless you're a fan of the game unless you're a fan of the game. Uh, we focus so much on betting 
we focus so much on um, fantasy leagues that the players have become fantasy league players. As opposed to we didn't even know the fantasy shit was going on and we was putting up fantasy numbers off, off, off the wall. But we didn't have a clue on what fantasy football was. We didn't have a clue on what betting on the game was like that. Um, it just times were different. And you have to change with times. And the book does change. book travels through time because I played in the 80s, the 90s, and the 2000s. And um, like I said, you don't become good by not working hard. And then only the great ones, they work when ain't nobody watching. And so uh, I never got away from that trait. And that's what the book is. Uh, when people written me off, had written me off, people at the naysayers had said this, I seen, um, you know, the, the butt of the joke from child support to being broke, all that. I just built a million dollar motherfucking house. You know what I'm saying? And I'm 54 years old. So I'm far from, far from that. Um, and the accolades, these are, these are 40 and over basketball league trophies. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have to post about what I was and what I did. Um, to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, I gave up 10 years ago, dude. When I started seeing people go that I had taught the game to, I was man, I'm cool. I better find me a place where I can enjoy life. And if it happens, it happens. And so you don't see the Hall of Fame talked about in the book probably at all. Um, I had one mission, and that was to be better than Jerry Rice. And I felt I was and still feel like I'm better than Jerry Rice. So, Yeah. Love that confidence for sure. Uh, and that's crazy. I can't hear you guys. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, talk about CTE in the book, talk about dementia, talk about all the ailments come from the game itself. Um, you know, um, everybody went fighting for this concussion money when the concussion lawsuit came out. You know, that was like a, like a get drafted again day. You know what I'm saying? So uh, everybody heard about that. Even that was racing on. A lot of them players that's men of color, they still haven't received their paycheck, still haven't received the money. So those things are talked about. Collective bargain agreements talked about up in there about the relationship between us and the new players because the new players got the voice, um, you know, and you still want to be connected to those guys. And so I made sure I kept the book juicy enough for a young fella in the locker room of the NFL today to pick it up also on downtime and read it as well. It's an awesome book, man. Awesome book. Can you, can you, you can't see the question. I can't even, I, I can't <laughs> even hear you Nope, I ain't got my, I had my Dre's. Somebody got my Dre's. I got my Dre's. I, I had two pair of <laughs> oh, no. Dre's, man. Wow. And they gone. I had my Atlanta Falcon. I got some Atlanta Falcons with my little Falcon man on there. Somebody stole them. So then I had a little hideaway pair. Somebody stole them. <laughs> that happened when you're a high school coach. You know what I'm saying? If I was coaching the pros, I wouldn't have to worry about it, right? They getting the check. <laughs> Kevin, ask if you have any time, any, any favorite moments, uh, time with the Falcons. Yeah, man. Yeah, I had an awesome time with the Falcons. Um, I love playing for the Falcons. I never wanted to leave, really. Um, you know, it's, it's hard, man, when you put your life on the line. You put your heart into it. And especially for an organization like the Falcons, who had one shit. And so uh, here I come, and I'm playing with Deion Sanders, and we're trying to turn this thing around. Right. And in 91, within a year, we're in the playoffs. So I would keep Deion Sanders. I would keep Andre Rising. I would keep Brian Jordan. I would keep Scott Case. 
I would keep Joe Fish back. Shit, we might have a chance to win. And I would stop bringing in these old, old, triple old free agents. Rest in heaven. Matthews, rest in heaven. Jumpy Gathers, rest in heaven. Pierce Hope, rest in heaven. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying, man? Stop bringing these old dudes in, man. We was trying to be the Atlanta 49ers at one time, right? And so um, all the times were awesome. The ups and downs, man. You know, when you go into an organization, not only that, I was, I'm, a, I'm from up north. I was going down south too, you know, in the early, late, late, early, late 80s, early 90s. Um, tension was still there. Men of color down in Georgia, you only could go certain places. Um, it was when I pulled up in the Falcon parking lot, there was only one Mercedes Benz in the parking lot, you know, and through years that stuff changed. Um, you know, through years that changed. But it was a lot of things you weren't allowed to do as a black athlete down in Georgia. Um, that's in the book as well. You know, um, we stayed right up against Forsyth County, and everybody know the history of Forsyth County. I didn't know it, and I went driving my car through there. I'm from up north. My wife is a different skin tone than myself. My grandmother was a different skin tone than myself. I didn't know it. I had coaches, different skin tones who I love, friends who I love, different skin tones. So I didn't know it. I rode through Forsyth County and all I heard was better get out of here. You're in the wrong place. And from then on, and that was like my first year in Atlanta, out in Swanee. And uh, from then on, I just viewed it different. Uh, but I also used it as a, uh, a catapult from it, you know, like to, to change things, to change the narrative, like blacks and whites couldn't get along. And um, it's funny, you walk in the game and it's white people cheering for you, you know? But yet you just heard the white people at the stoplight tell you to get out of here and go back where you were from. And I was 20, 23, 23 years old. So um, we've come we've come a long way, um, but we still got a long way to go and you see that. We still got a long way to go. Yeah. Hey, ask him the question again. I don't think he saw it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll pop it in there again. Hmm? She had an accident in her cage. What? She had an accident in her cage. Oh, man. You see what I'm saying? We got pets, man. We got oh, dogs. man. We got I guess he comes with the territory new house. Man. Oh, yep. God. yep. Look at this dog. <laughs> Look at this dog. Bring the dog. Yeah, dog. I don't like that dog. I don't like that dog. I don't like to see that dog. Man, the dog. Yeah, the dog's I'm gonna get it. Introduce yeah. everyone dream, now. My dog is outside with a head about that big. His name, his name is Mo. You feel me? Mo, Mo money. <laughs> and you already know what he is. Pit like his yeah. name is Bull. A pit bull. That's <laughs> awesome. You ask him again. Yeah, I'm waiting on another question to come in the corner. If it don't come in the corner, we got to do this again, guys. We gotta oh, yeah, this. absolutely. No, we, we will. Well, we're making the Hall of Fame mean to you. Right, that right there. <laughs> right there. Oh, man. If you know what? Like I said, I had got, I went through different stages. I was mad and I was disgruntled. I felt like T.O., you know. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just, I really just gave up. Like, you know, I'm the people's champ. Mm -hmm. I go down as the people's champ. Cut the tape on, watch the film, and tell me. 
Tell me who could be me catching. Tell me who could be me running routes. Tell me who could be me doing this. Tell me who could be me that. And just line line them up. I played with like 25 different quarterbacks. So that's why you don't never see me bash quarterbacks. You never see me talk bad. Boom, boom, boom. I played with 20. I played with 20 just in Atlanta. So <laughs> you know, I didn't have like the luxuries of playing with Montana, Young, Cunningham, Cole Pepper. Yeah. Shall I go on? No. The first time I did was far, right? Yeah. You got a ring. <laughs> you see what happened. You got a ring. You got a ring. You got a ring. You got a ring. We put rings on. We put rings on, the, man. The 90s were it rough in Atlanta, long. folks. You know, it didn't take it didn't take long. It didn't take long. So um Super Bowl predictions. Oh man, you already know it. That's so easy. How can you go wrong with saying Tom Brady? <laughs> Mahomes, right? Oh, a rematch. I'm a rematch. over in the corner. I'm the little dude over in the corner, right? With my champagne bottle, all black bottle with the red top. It say <laughs> Matt Ryan on it. You know? oh. It's say Matt Ryan on it, dog. It's say Matt Ryan on it. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. A lot of come with. We got to play good special teams. You know, we got to find this running game, man. We got to stay healthy in the latter parts of the season. And, um, you know, it's funny. You know, a kickoff return to the 35 or 40, it'll help you too. You know, they help you in field position. You know, um, especially in winning games, you know. If a quarterback only got to drive 45 yards, 60 yards, and he getting paid $20 million a year, he ought to be able to do that, right? Yeah. He ought to be able to do that, you know. Yeah. But – um. There's so many components that come into it and, and by me winning so many games in the league and um, and winning it all and playing in two championship games as well outside of the year I won it all. Um, it's a lot, man, comes in play. You know, you got to stay healthy. You got to trust each other. Um, you got to know each other, too. You got to hang a little bit off the field. Rather, you yeah. know, one, one, one week somebody cooked tacos. Next week somebody got the spades, car game going next week. You know, we're playing dominoes next week, and you switch it up every week so no one gets left out because the media tell you that he's the one and he's the two and he's the three. Well, okay, where, where the rest of the fellas at? That's running the clear out, that's coming underneath, opening you up. Where's where's the other guys at? You know, and so if we can find that quiet niche behind closed doors to talk to one another like that, we'll win in the months of December and um, early January, and then we'll see where we – where we are come playoff time, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's gonna make it that don't supposed to make it, and somebody's <laughs> gonna not make it that's supposed to make it. And so we want to be on that tilt of like, you know what? Let's not let it be determined by someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's staying healthy and trusting each other, and, and then ultimately, you 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 got to ride with your quarterback, man. Offensively and defensively, you got to keep him not too high, not too low. Um, let him know that you care about him. You know, don't be on the bench when the other guys are up on the field. You got to get your ass up there and watch. You think they don't watch and look over there to see who's really paying attention while they're on the field. We do. They do. You know, get your ass up off the bench and get over there and, and participate in, in some cheerleading, you know, and helping helping build confidence in your in your guys. And you'd be surprised how that you, – you're messing around and beat somebody you're supposed to beat, man. I don't think you see the question. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Yeah, let me yeah, let me pop one in here. Hold on. Don't think you see the question. Going once, going twice. Hold on, hold on. Thoughts on Kyle Pitts. I like Kyle when Kyle was at uh, Florida, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He was at Florida. 84? 84? Yeah. Yep. Um, he was a beast. He was a yeah. beast in college. You know, and uh, like like most people knew, you know, his thing was um, don't get caught in between the naysayers of that he's a, a, a tweener. Yes. He's in between a wide out, in between a tight end. No, you just work on your craft. You keep getting yep. stronger. You keep getting faster. Get smarter at the game, and um, that's that's a that's an added plus when when people say they can line you up inside, they can line you up outside. We can take advantage of mismatches. Um, shit, I will put him in the backfield sometimes and just let him <laughs> run swings. Yeah, just let it get him get it in his hands and let them guys on yeah. the edge try to tackle. Him. Trying to get <laughs> that's, just that's, yeah. just, that's, that's just me. That's just me. Yeah. That's just me. Can you picture can you picture Kyle Pitts coming out the backfield with a swing? Yeah. Oh my, who's gonna tackle? <laughs> I don't think that corner wants to tackle him. I don't think that corner wants to tackle him. But um I was glad we drafted him, especially after get, grabbing uh Ridley. Um, you know, because them pieces gotta come in now um to make up what, what Julio did. Uh Julio did so much. Um, but I knew Julio was gone when I seen him start coming out on third downs. Yeah. I knew he was wow. gone. I wow. said he gone. He's I started gone. watching. I, I don't miss a Falcon game. I haven't missed a Falcon game. If I miss a Falcon game, I go back and watch it. And um, I'm Julio's. I, I was Julio's number one fan. When I started seeing him, I, I made one Falcon game in the last 30, 25 years. And the game I came to was uh, last, a couple years ago. They played. We played Cincinnati. And him oh. and A.J. Green and went at it. It was third down. We had the ball. Julio checked out. I told my wife then, and we were in the red zone. That was the game. Said, you know what? I said he's gone. Wow. I said he checked out. He checked the, out. The one we scored forty in and lost. I said. She said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I don't give a damn if I'm making fifty million dollars a year. If I'm in, the, if I'm, in, if I'm in the red zone, that's why I got so many touchdowns. If I'm in the red zone, man, I'm not coming out the game. I'm not coming out the game anyway on third down. I'm not coming out the game on third down." You know, but these days are changed. These times have changed. These players have changed. Yeah. Um, different personnel groupings. They don't even know. It's third down. Third down, and you're sending it in, and your star player or your stud is on the bench because you sent in a group, a personnel grouping. And yeah. we're sitting at home, and we're like, well, why is it? Why is it? Why is it? Why? It ain't up to you. It's yeah. up to you. It ain't up to you. We're just fans. So, it, so at times, it's hard being a fan. But I still love the game, you know. Yeah. Um, I love where the wide receiver state is, to answer your question. Um, I don't agree with, with 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 your money guys coming out on third down, though. Yeah. yeah and, I, and I never will. I, I never will. My my body's banged up, dude. Yeah. Third down. My body's banged up. <laughs> it's third down for you. This Hall of Fame banged up for third down. Exactly. You feel me now? You feel me now? <laughs> <laughs> you don't come out on third down, though. I mean, if I was trying to come out on third down, Man, you know what my my position coaches would have told me? But if you try to come out on, but I'm not making 20 million, 
you know, 25 million, you making that much, I guess you do what you want to do. Yeah. But when you was making what we was making, and the competition is steep too. Yeah. You're just not the only good guy on the team. We got right. multiple good guys. Right. Yeah. We got multiple good guys. So yeah. I would like to see our game progress to that, uh, to being with multiple good guys. You know, yeah. And there's several teams that have that. There's several teams that have that. But we're working in the right direction because I love, I love Ridley, man. I love, I love the guys we got at the Falcons. I love yeah. those guys. Yeah, go ahead. Ask it now, Eric. All right, just, I don't think you will see it. We'll post it again because I think he's seen it when it pops oh. up. All right. Tell them Falcon fans, get out there and go vote. Could you have one to ring with Matt Ryan? Oh, hell yeah. We don't want to vote. With Matty Ice? Man, come on, man. Y'all playing. Y'all don't stop playing. If y'all don't stop playing, see, y'all going to make me say something about the wide out that he played with. Oh, <laughs> he gonna make me say something. Dog. It wasn't all Matty Ice's fault. It wasn't all Matty Ice's fault. I'm just gonna say that. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. I'm just yeah. gonna say that. Yeah. Right? Should, we, should we ask him about twenty-eight to three? <laughs> no. Let's let I mean, you guys can do that. I, I'm not touching that subject. But you know, I it's I'm open. I'm open to whatever. I'm you looking guys down want. in the corner for it. Yeah. Hold yeah. On, he's ready. On, if on. you guys got more. <laughs> Eric's about to drop. We trying to do this in Atlanta. Can you see it? Oh, it's 100 years in Title Town. Yeah, we trying to do that in Atlanta. We need, yeah, we need it. Yeah, we need it, we and need we can, it. and we can, because if you think about it, in modern day era, they only got a couple. Yeah, yeah. In modern day era, they only got a couple. You can, you know, you can. You can change the table. And honestly, a lot of similar talent through the years. Yeah. A lot of similar talent. Brett Favre wasn't too much better than Matt Ice. And I can recall several years ago, Matty Ice was up for MVP with Aaron Rodgers now. He won MVP over Aaron Rodgers that year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Won it in 2016. Quote unquote, we had the best receiver in football. Yeah. Julio Jones. Yeah. He didn't see it. That's okay. I'll post it now. He didn't see it. He didn't see it. <laughs> Eric wants to know if you have any thoughts on 28-3. Or 28-2-3. Yeah, yeah. Or 28-3. Talking about last week? No. <laughs> no. No. Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl 51. Yeah. Has to be a falcon, right? A falcon. <laughs> no question. No question. He like, he like, he like hands down. No he question. Like, oh, man, no question. Falcon. Falcon, you right. 
Hey, I got about Damn. twenty. I got about twenty-one thousand jerseys up in my closet. Right? Damn sure not a brown. <laughs> Damn sure not a brown. Oh hell no! Hell no! Hell no! 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 no. Hey, it's a falcon. It's a falcon. What about these boys right here? <laughs> now you know I'm gonna keep my falcon on me now. No, I'm gonna keep no, my falcon. I'm gonna no. keep my falcon. What about these? No, 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 what, Andre. What about, no. what about this boy right now? No, Andre. What about the boy right there, man? What no, Andre. Boy? You're a falcon. You know what no, I'm you're a falcon. I can't even. I can't even pull nothing up. No. <laughs> the boy, they sent me nothing, man. Oh no. man, I can't no. pull no falcon stuff up. Look, I turn my iPod mic in. I turn my iPod mic in just for one day to sit there, start the blank, and watch a game. I didn't want to watch one game without the blank. We gotta make that if happen. Go we gotta in, pull some strings. Go in, no. we, gotta, we gotta, we gotta, do something, man. Yeah, gotta, I, don't go Evan, in. you heard him. We gotta do Falcon. something. Man, I had a whole city upset. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I had a whole city upset, man. I couldn't even walk in Georgia no more. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, man. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk in the city of Atlanta no more. You know, but uh, my good. wife and I, we talk about it all the time. She say, uh, "Baby, you know you're going in. What you gonna go at?" So everybody know I'm gonna go in as a dirty bird. Yeah, to, I wasn't man. even a dirty bird either. You got to. I wasn't the dirty. I, the dirty birds came after us. After, I'm a true yeah. Atlanta Falcon. Yeah. yeah, I'm a true Atlanta too Falcon. Late. Too That's legit to quit. Yeah, that's what I am, dog. I don't know why I'm in the ring of honor. I don't know why I can't, you know, ride on a float like Rodney White or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, Rodney White, you know what I'm saying? Like, put me on a float or something, you know, drive me around the field, make me feel yeah, good. Yeah. You know, let me wave at the fans, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Do something, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I did Rodney White. Now, I love me some, man, I love me some Falcons. Now. I know everybody that plays for him now. Damn, I know man. everybody played for him now. I talked to Billy White Shoes Johnson too, uh, probably about two weeks ago. Yeah. And I told him the same thing. I said, man, y'all run around here. Y'all run around here, this organization. Like, y'all really carried the brand. I'm very rising to Deion Sanders, Michael Vick, dude, did so much for the Falcons brand. Before Mike was even thought about the brand carrying that Deion did, Deion left, I still was carrying the brand. I just find it hard to believe, like, just the love that I didn't get from the Falcons. You know, but I'm cool with it. Because trust me, I went through CTE and depression and every and dementia. I got all that shit going on, right? Just like, I ain't no different than anybody who played the game. I played a long time. I had the ball a lot. But it's one thing that hurt me is that I'm not a part of the Falcons organization. That hurt me. And then my wife went through cancer and we got invited to the game and we went to the game and she had lost all her hair and stuff. And so um, I was more into her anyway and still is. But when we went to the game. It was funny. I sat in the stands like, like I really didn't, like I hadn't did nothing there. You know what I'm saying? It was a new, new arena, new vibe. It just, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel right at all. And so that was the first time I have been back. And that's the only time I've ever been back. Wow. And that was the only time I had been, been invited back. Um, they put me in the group of uh, let's invite the alumni back. No, I don't put 
put me in that one, but damn, if you can't call Andre Rising yourself, come on, man. You know? But that is that big glomerate. You come in one door and do your work, car wash, they push you out, it's over. Yeah. It's over. It's over. I'd be damned if I couldn't help somebody at some point in time up in the Falcons organization, you know what I'm saying? Or the team itself. Shit, I know the game, man. I'm a coach. You know? And so for me not to be coaching the Falcon receivers is crazy. And I've been asking to do that for years, dude. For years. So um, I don't stop loving that bird on the side, though. I don't know the other people. It ain't, I don't know them. And it ain't they fault. But I don't put myself in position to get stepped on or or elbowed out of line. I just don't get in line. I'm cool. So, you know, I'm very cool. But uh, at one point in time, I was like, this is so disrespectful. Like, Daddy. It just... It's just so disrespectful, like, because I carry the brand, and I still carry the brand. I mean, you you tell me, you tell me who the, the most famous Falcons are. Shit, I'm in the top it's, five, it's man. Definitely, I'm in the top definitely, three. Oh yeah, you know oh what yeah. I'm it's, some it's, real, some real shit. It's like, let's stop playing. Yeah, let's stop playing. Like, yeah. let's stop playing. But I ain't knocking on nobody's door to be like, hey man, look at me, I'm Falcons. Nah, I wanted the organization to reach out. If I'm if I'm a grow as a person and I'm a mature as a person and I'm gonna grow the wealth, that's what I'm gonna do, and that's exactly what I did. I grew the wealth. You should do the same. If I granted you my life, I grant put my life on the line for you guys, and I sweat and I cried. I cried when we lost. I don't know how many Falcon players cry when they lose. I cried when I lost. I cried every game we lost. And I wore it on my sleeve, you know. But to each his own. Yeah. But uh. I still just find it very hard to believe, like, my name ain't up in the Raptors. Nowhere. Nowhere near it. Nowhere near it. And it took it took guys way longer than me to break my records as the Falcons all-time leading receiver. Yeah. And then they just started talking about them like they was just like <laughs> the cream of the crop. Them dudes wouldn't even make the team. But yeah. that's not my job to go bash the next ones that's in line. My job is to open the doors. I signed the largest contract in history, not Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice played during the strike year and scored 22 touchdowns. You tell me if that shit count. I scored double figures five straight years winning, but I never played, never would play during the strike year. I'm on the player side and we're always doing the player side. So that's where the difference came between me and Rice that nobody really knew why Andre got this thing against Rice. Well, first of all, I feel like I'm the best to play this game. And you keep writing that he's the best because his stats are already up there. Ain't nobody going to catch them. He ain't going to beat me running. He ain't going to beat me jumping. Matter of fact, you erased my Pro Bowl MVP because I ain't even want it. I really wanted to line up and check it and then let the world watch. See, that's where we came from, though. And what's different than that than Deion Sanders coming in the huddle saying, I want to play wide out. And Deion came and what? Play wide out. And we threw him the ball. So what's the difference between me? I was an All-American corner. So my mindset really was totally different. But I'm glad I had it because it trickled over to teammates that might not have had the confidence that they needed to play on our level. And 
you got to help your teammates out. So I would never change nothing. I would never change my attitude. I would never change my spunk, my bite. None of it, dude. You know, I didn't ask to be traded my rookie year. You know, I made all rookie. And then the next year I got traded for the first pick. I didn't ask for that. But people went, oh, he played for 17. Man, shut up. I didn't ask to be traded. Then I got traded to Atlanta Falcons. So I go to Atlanta Falcons. I give you 56 touchdowns. 56 in the yeah. next four, five. Then you you bring in, matter of fact, before I even leave, the dude you traded for, you brought him in, the quarterback. Jeff, Jeff George. George. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now you tell me who got bad management. I don't know who got bad, bad management, whatever. <laughs> but now I'm catching balls from who I just got traded, traded for, right? Yeah. Make the Pro Bowls. We do all that. We make playoffs. We do all that good stuff. And I'm a free agent. And I don't even get an offer. So now I'm on my third team, but I'm a free agent, though. Got traded. Now I'm a free agent. But yet, in between, I made all pro damn near every year. I don't know what the hell y'all want me to do. I made the wrong choice. I chose Cleveland. Belichick was in Cleveland, too. So I guess the greatest coach of all time, <laughs> he made the wrong choice, too. Yeah. They fired Belichick. <laughs> they cut me. And we never played a down in Baltimore. So that's how I ended up in Jacksonville. So I go to Jacksonville, and then I end up playing for arguably one of the most racist coaches ever, Tom Coughlin. We didn't see eye to eye, and a lot of players didn't. But it didn't get revealed until we went to the Giants, and it took Strahan and Armstead and all the Tiki Barber. Oh, and they said it was cool. But when I told y'all, something wrong with my man. Oh, that's Andre Rising saying that. Dude, I'm way smarter than y'all. I graduated. I do it. I'm, dude, I'm, my GPA is high. You can't tell. It's real high. And I'm willing to go learn. So that makes me even more dangerous. All right? Pick up the phone. Boop. It's Green Bay, San Fran, or Dallas. I got the vibes from Dallas. Dion wanted. Dion, come on. That's my brother. Still to this day. Me and Dion love, man, mad love for each other. Talk to each other damn near every day. Just talked to his offensive coordinator, Jason Phillips, who was there with us too. That's his offensive coordinator. We plan on coaching all together sometime, at some day, at some point. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Aikman know what it is. I'm going to get open quicker than Michael Irvin. <laughs> so that time I checked, I got more touchdowns than him. But that's another story. So <laughs> I didn't feel it from Mike. I didn't feel it from 88. Rising coming. Woo! Irvin, Emmett, we probably wouldn't have never lost another game about a win. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, if I go to Frisco, that means I'm giving up. With Jerry. Up. That means I didn't gave up. With Hell Jerry. no. Yeah. Damn well, I ain't going to Frisco to play with no Jerry Rice. <laughs> Hell no, 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 no. All right. Got one team left, and it's Green Bay. Went to Green Bay. Seen the situation, talked to him. We didn't lose a game. The rest is history, dude. I scored in every playoff game. Then scored in the Super Bowl. Won the Super Bowl. And so I was a free agent. So now here come my 16, which was Kansas City. Green Bay effed up and didn't sign me back. And they know that. They know that to this day. But long story short, I signed with Kansas City. Now this is my 16. What I do? What we do? 
You make the Pro Bowl. They haven't had a Pro Bowl receiver since Otis Taylor. <laughs> that's why I wore the 89. And that's why I created Spider-Man. And Stan Lee became, him and I became great friends. And that's when all the trilogies and movies started with the superheroes. And I was asked to be in several of them, the Spider-Mans, but when they were shooting, we were always in camp. I just was intrigued and, and thrilled and in awe of Stan Lee, uh, the great Stan Lee, rest in heaven, um, that he took the time out to even see it. And um, it, that was awesome. So we go there, have some great years in Kansas City, almost make the Super Bowl again, and um, we changed coaches. So now I'm up in my 30s. So now it's like, okay, is he over the hill or he lost his step? Well, damn, I was just in Pro Bowl a year before. Um, so I go to the Raiders and play awesome. Some of my best football I had been playing was in my 12th year with Tim Brown. And I put up almost double figures that year. If you look at it, I almost had double figures that year. And almost 1,000 yards. Yeah. Shit, damn near 800, right? So all in all, Man, I can't complain about my career. It was awesome. It was super awesome. And so in the book, you just got it how it was broken down, though, how I got to the 17s, because I'm tired of people talking about, oh, he played with 17. But shit, look at how I got there. Yeah. Look, how, look at how I got there. But then once I got there, look at what we did. And look at what we did. And the cool part about it, this can be taught. I've been coaching now for 14 years. And um, I teach all the stuff that was taught to me. You know, uh, in the game from the great coaches I had, from Fred Belitnikoff to Al Saunders to Jimmy Mann, um, Jimmy Robinson. You know, those are great coaches, man, position coaches. And so um, I attribute, I give thanks to all my great coaches in the book. Um, also the media, you know, uh, you supposedly supposed to have this relationship with the media and it can go either way. Uh, that, that depends on you getting in the Hall of Fame or not. Well, when you look at Art Monk and you look at his career, if you're a football fan and you know Art Monk, um, if you look at Mark Clayton and Mark Duper, I don't know why they wasn't in the league. I don't know what the hell they arguing about Drew Pearson to get in the Hall of Fame before uh, Clayton or Duper who played with Marino. Only thing I can say is Super Bowl. Um, but when you looked at the stats, it wasn't even close, you know. Um, Lynn Swan, another one. His stats are up under the table, you know, but three Super Bowls and some magnificent catches and um, things will change. Things will change for you when you put the rings on. So I knew I was better than Rice. I knew that I wasn't going to catch him in stats. I knew I needed rings to be in the conversation, and that's what we sought after. That's what we, we sought after rings. Yep. Yeah, let absolutely. Go, Kevin. What's that? Want to let him go? Yeah, yeah, we can. I'll just send him a message here. Send it Oh, man. Number, <laughs> number love. Number love, guys. My hands tore up. I've been I've been outside <laughs> doing landscaping, man. Boom, boom, working, working, working. Hey, love you guys. Appreciate it. 
Hey, good luck next week after the bye weekend. Stay safe with this COVID stuff. Yes, Blessings sir. to you and your babies and your kids. Yes, sir. Absolutely. It. Thank you so yes, much, sir. Andre. All right, guys, that was Falcons legend Andre Risen, 100% real, 100% unfiltered. Uh, I, I didn't expect we would get like that much of a peek into the psyche of Andre Risen. And he gave us like a total like behind the scenes breakdown of basically his entire career. I mean, that's I mean, that's not public knowledge right there. So I you know what, man? You can hear it in his voice. Yeah. You can hear the sincerity. You can hear the hurt. You can hear the the disappointment in his voice um, of just wanting to be part of Falcon's lore. Um, he deserves you know, it, you know. He, he he does. He deserves it. You know, when when you when you speak of all time great Falcons, you know, he's one of the first names that you throw out there. I mean, you of course you go with Dion. Of course you go with Vic. You know, you you may toss out Julio before him, but he will still come on that list at some point, you know. Um, no, hopefully one day, you know, I, I believe Arthur Blank is that type of owner that will be willing to, you know, open that door to a lot of former Falcons in the past. Um, and I'm not saying it was him. I'm not saying it was Blank that, that no, you know, no. did not allow that. But I'm just saying, like, he – Arthur Blank is one of the more wholesome owners in the league. You know, he's he's very welcoming. He's very you know personal, as we all know. Um, but yeah, that was that was fun, man. We didn't really get to ask a whole lot of questions. Yeah, but I don't think we really needed to. No, honestly, no. He didn't. He just kind of he just took it and ran. We 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 threw a couple of softballs up there for him. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Andre. Just really appreciate him working through the technical stuff because he could not hear us at all, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, he could have um, easily the beginning said, of the show. He could easily said, "I'm out of here." Like, I'm yeah, not coming. but, but uh, no, he stayed like, for an hour. No, 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 we wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't have blamed him. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, no, he has expressed interest in coming back on. Hopefully, without the technical difficulties, uh, and we just really <laughs> yeah. appreciate him giving us an hour of his time. I mean, that's that's dope. That's really cool. Uh, really appreciate him taking the time and, and really giving us that, I mean, really inside look into his entire career, his time with the Falcons. I mean, how he really feels about the whole situation. Um, and, 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 and everyone who's watching, you know, be, be on the lookout. His book is called wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did he, did he give us a date as far as when it was going to, I think it's either out now or coming really soon. Um, just, I know the just, first like signings book signings are going to be in November, I think. So if okay. you're, I don't know if that'll be in Atlanta or where that'll be, but um, there is a website for that as well. So, but yeah, it's, it's called Wide Open. So, um, what? Yeah. Oh no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Evan, Evan might uh, have something to add about that. Evan, did you have something in there? Evan, I can't hear you. I no, can't we can't hear. hear Evan. Oh, oh no, we're this. It's all falling apart here. We're we're all. It is. We're, it's, it's the Saints. <laughs> It's yeah, it must have been. It must have been. They're, it must they're have been picking the us off one after the other. Yeah, first it was Andre. Now it's Evan. We're just dropping like uh, flies here. Yeah, who knows who it could be next? We, we got a little. <laughs> we got a little time to go into the game, or we're we gonna close. Oh it yeah, off no, we we got time. We got time. Okay. Evan, what's up, brother? Evan, you good? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, go for it. Oh, dude, it's weird. Like, Eric sounds like a chipmunk in my ear. I don't know what's going on. That's weird. But, um, a chipmunk? Oh, if what? you can hear me, I'm going to plug Jeez. in the bounce real quick. Yeah, I yeah, go ahead. Anything. Go ahead and plug. Um, go ahead and plug. And you can pre order his book, Wide Open. And also, there's a link at the top because um, he's up for, I, I believe he mentioned it, but he's up for the Pro Football Hall of Fame 2022 class. Yes. Um, and you can vote from there, too. So, definitely hit that up and yeah he'll he'll be back um on the falcolic either on here through publication or something so yeah um just thankful for you know him coming on and spend some time and uh bringing you know, the kids too had some audio difficulties yeah. but it's been fun yeah, yeah absolutely we definitely appreciate that, that. Mm-hmm. yeah no we do have time to get into this this week five game a little bit some jets action uh you know, uh, didn't really expect Andre to give us so much time. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's like, this is how I always feel after the interview. It's like, oh, now we have to go back to talking about, you know, Falcons football. Right. At least it's a win this time. So it's right. a little bit better. It's a little bit better. Yeah. But and, um, and I, I did, just did want to add on. Uh, Evan yeah, mentioned yeah. some of the great stuff that Andre Risen did as a Falcon. He still to this day owns the team's all-time single season record for most receiving touchdowns in a season. Yeah, like 15, that, that right? record, 15, yeah, 15 yeah. and he's also third uh, with 12 as well. Alfred Jenkins is second. Wow. When he reti- when he left the Falcons, he was second all time in single season receiving yards uh, behind only the great Alfred Jenkins who did it in 1981. He was, uh, uh Second and third uh, in in 1993, he was second and third in the single season receiving yards uh, mark for the Falcons behind only Alfred Jenkins. Then Terrence Mathis uh, lapped him for second place in 1994. And then, you know, of course, Julio Jones, Roddy White came by afterwards. But yeah, uh, Andre Risen in his time, like he was, he was legit. Uh, he was the weapon for the Falcons. He was... He was Julio Jones back in the 90s, for those who don't remember it, and I wasn't alive for it either. But yeah, he was the Julio Jones before Julio Jones on the scene. Yeah. But uh, except he never went out on third downs, as he mentioned. (laughs) The slander, man, the slander on that one. I mean, we were all thinking it, so just saying i mean he's but, not wrong it's, no. it's funny it's funny he mentioned that he's a he's a fan of calvin ridley because i think their playing styles were kind of sort of identical a little bit at least from the you know they both were not the you know they, they were not the the prototype nfl receivers that you see the guys that are 6'4 220 or whatever but they were crafty route runners that found a way to get open you know in in different ways besides just pure speed so yeah, man. If you, I, if if you're even a modern fan nowadays, man, you should know the name Andre Rosen when you hear it. And he's definitely a Falcon if he gets in. That's, I mean, there's no question. He he played one year in Cleveland, three in Kansas City. He's definitely a Falcon, man. That's oh yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. Certainly. I mean, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And he said so as well. Even even with you know the the team hasn't necessarily reciprocated the love, but he's still still is uh very much a falcon at heart we appreciate that as fans and i know he's in the falcoholic ring of honor for sure uh Absolutely. he's in he's the he's in our ring of honor uh, i would have him Absolutely. on without question so Absolutely. 
Um, yeah, guys, before we get into this Jets game a little bit, uh, I do want to remind you to please uh, like and subscribe if you haven't done that already. Thank you guys for tuning in for that interview. Uh, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash falcoholic live if you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, getting access to some exclusive content as well. Uh, and also check out our community Discord server, the link to which is right there, uh, also in the show description as well. If you get, anyone has any burning questions, uh, we try to get to as many in the chat as we can, but you can also uh, donate with a question, and if you want the link to that, it's in the show description. Or you can type exclamation point tip uh, for that information to be posted in the chat. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us so far as we now transition into some Jets-Falcons talk. Uh, and uh, I just want to say... 15 touchdowns in a season, man. Yeah. That's Imagine – that's almost like one every game. Yeah, like, that's nuts. It took Julio Jones like five years to get to 15 combined. <laughs> the, <laughs> Julio kidding, slander, the Julio slander. I'm kidding. Slander. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the let's Jets. Let's move on to the Jets. Yeah, let's move on to the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, honestly, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the postgame show, but – just the most complete game the Falcons have played thus far. Uh, obviously, the uh, the kickoff coverage still, you know, sketchy. Um, but the offense was humming. The defense, you know, played, I think, as well as could be expected. Uh, missing, you know, three players in the secondary at this point. Um, I was really impressed. Uh, you know, obviously, the fumbles made it a little bit sweatier at the end than it should have been. But good game overall um i think it was an improvement from the previous week i think the team is showing a weekly improvement which is very very uh important for the rest of the season and tc you're right the jets are not good but the defense is um you know you've seen how bad their offense is and their defense going into this game was still 12th in scoring despite the fact that they turned the ball over more than any other team on offense uh they were i believe third uh in terms of third down defense uh, and third in red zone defense as well. This is not a bad defense. This is a defense that is, you know, probably probably looks worse in terms of statistics than they actually are because of how poor the offense is for the Jets. But for the Falcons to to allow zero sacks, I believe the Jets were uh, above average in terms of pass rush. Uh, to have a great third down conversion rate, to really move the ball without too much trouble, aside from those fumbles against. Uh, against that defense I think that is deserving of praise I mean honestly like Tom you're not wrong about their offense their offense is complete disaster but uh the defense is legit and I I do want to give the Falcons props for that but Eric I'll go to you first I mean what were some of your big takeaways from that game you know it's it's funny how it it really did look as if the offense were able to find a rhythm without yeah Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage uh I something that I didn't expect um but you know uh it 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 was you know the fifth game of the year and it seemed like in every game leading up to it there was one layer of the offense that was actually going right you know in the first game of the year you know they they had in in terms of yardage it wasn't great but the run game was able to find a, a few lanes here and there you know in the second game Matt Ryan and, and the passing game, they were able to make some plays in the air, you know, and, and it led up to, you know, this London game. And it seemed like the London game, they were able to put everything together. Um, they had a hundred rushing yards that day. Uh, I know it didn't look like it, but it had, I think it was 107 to be exact. Matt Ryan was dealing. Matt Ryan was comfortable, wasn't sacked. Um, he was hit a couple of times, but again, he was able to get the ball out. 
um, to his receivers. Um, play action was flawless against the Jets, like absolutely flawless. M- Matt looked very comfortable in that particular phase. So that that's that's one thing that stood out. Like, wow, I didn't I didn't imagine the one game where they were lacking weapons and they were still trying to find a run game. And lo and behold, they hit the field and this offense looks it, it looked like it was it was starting around the corner a little bit, man. It really was. I was yeah. impressed. Absolutely. Adnan, uh, your thoughts on, on the Falcons and this uh, victory over the Jets? I feel like the offense, especially for the Falcons, played its best game of the season uh, right after its previous best game of the season, which was the week before against Washington, right after its best quarter of the season up to that point, which was the fourth quarter against the New York Giants. <laughs> um, pretty much what I'm saying is the offense has gotten literally better and better with each mm-hmm. passing week. Uh, and, you know, it started off it, – it's good to start off at rock bottom. Yeah. It's good when when <laughs> rock bo- – if you have to be at rock bottom, I'd rather it be right away week one and then you build up and then, you know, you turn into something uh, – you turn it into something positive as opposed to you hit rock bottom in the middle of the season or, you know, even worse at the very end of the season. Yeah. Um, and this offense could not have been any worse in week one. It was a lot better in week two in comparison, but still had a lot of those uh, turnovers. First three quarters against the Giants were pretty ugly, but I'm telling you, something happened. A flip got switched uh, in the fourth quarter of that Giants game, and it's it's just looked better and better. And I know uh, people are going to say, "Oh, it's it's just the Jets," but the Jets are pretty good. Have been a pretty good defense this season. They were top ten in sacks coming into this game. Yes, they were. Lo- Missing their Pro Bowl safety, Marcus May. He's been um, out basically the whole season, though. Yeah, he's so. been out the entire season, pretty much. But yeah, this Jets defense isn't... It's not terrible. Like, the, the offense of the Jets is what holds them back. Yeah, yeah. Zach, Zach Wilson has not been good at all this season. Um, and again, he had some very bad mistakes in this one. But I'm really excited. I feel like Arthur Smith is incorporating more and more of the playbook. We haven't seen all of it yet. Uh, we have the bye week now to incorporate some more stuff. And I feel like this is the season, the one season where having a bye week early on is is beneficial. Because, you know, normally you want that later bye week. Yeah. But now the fact that we have – this is the earliest possible bye week in the NFL, by the way. Uh, week yes. six it used to be week four, but now with the extra game, week six is the earliest possible bye. Um, now we have the opportunity – for the offensive line, which ha- which still hasn't gotten too many reps together, uh, still didn't play the preseason together. They they've been thrown together in the regular season. They have a whole week of of working with each other uh, in practice before coming out next game. Arthur Smith has another week of incorporating his playbook of uh, you know putting in putting in some more twists of his, doing some more of what he wants to do because you know you couldn't have done all of that right away. Uh, Dean Pease has another week of, you know, teaching these defensive players the concepts that they need to know. I know he mentioned Richie Grant hasn't really been completely up, fully up to date on the playbook. That's why he wasn't getting snaps. He played half the snaps last game, but that's because Eric Harris was out. Uh, necessity uh, dictated that uh, he that Grant had to play. Richie Grant had to play, and you know Grant had a solid game. But man, I feel like this offense is. It's on the rise. It's on the ascension. 
and I think it'll be really, really good, and we'll be really, really happy with the results come week seven against the Dolphins and moving forward, and not a moment too soon because right after that Dolphins game, you have the Panthers, Mm -hmm. you go to New Orleans, two huge, huge divisional clashes, and, you know, hopefully you'll have Calvin Ridley back, hopefully you'll have Russell Gage back, Kyle Pitts had his breakout performance, yep. which uh, you know, which was needed with uh, without so many weapons. Um, yeah, what, I feel like Arthur Smith has something cooking right now, and you know, I'm excited to see what the results of the bye week are coming out of coming out of it, starting week seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been really exciting to see the team's evolution. You know, you guys both mentioned that really really bad week one uh where the falcons were three of 14 on third down uh they converted three in the whole game so that's 21 percent uh and they went oh for two in the red zone obviously that's zero percent they are now and including that game they are now 40 uh converting 45.8 percent of their third downs which is seventh best in the league and 68.8 percent red zone efficiency which is tied for eighth by the way, that's about 7% better than any of Dirk Cutter's seasons in Atlanta in red zone efficiency. So 7% is huge too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's not it's not a menial difference. No, and that's like including that bad game. If you don't if you take that bad game out, they're probably I mean they're in the the top 5 in terms of red zone efficiency and I mean in fairness they only got into the red zone twice in that game. They did. They, but they, they were, were both two. field goals, yeah, yeah but, but they didn't yeah, they didn't cross midfield after that second yeah, one. Exactly. That's how bad it was. But uh, still but zero percent. But I would I would say at least you know with 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 Arthur Smith like that's the one that's the one plus that he's brought from Tennessee mm-hmm. because that was I mean that was a thing in Tennessee that's the one thing that yep. we we noted about him once he got hired about how efficient the Titans were in the red zone, um and that's and that's one plus that he is he has brought over uh, I I just. Of course, we're seeing the great play from guys like Cordero like. I don't even want to imagine how this offense will look without Cordero Patterson. Yeah. I feel like the guy deserves his flowers a little bit. He deserves a little shine. He's been playing great. But I also want to give a tip of the cap to Matt Ryan, man. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Since the four, and, and, and then brought it up, since the fourth quarter of that Giants game, he's looked like he's looked like 2016 Matt Ryan. I'll be honest with you. Like he just looks, you know, when Matt gets into that zone. He starts dealing and everything he, he throws receivers open. He feels comfortable. He doesn't feel jittery in the pocket. He's able to hit receivers in stride. I, I see that. And yeah. the fact that he was he's been dealing, he's been he's been looking really great for the past two games, two plus games. And the fact that he had to deal with receivers drops, like it makes you look at what he's done. You know, he's at over the past three games, he's at 868 yards and eight touchdowns. He easily could have been over a thousand yards. Yeah. And maybe a couple more touchdowns if his receivers were able to hold on to the football. But he deserves some credit as well, man. He's been playing awesome. Yeah. I just picked him up in fantasy today. You know, <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson went down. So, you know, uh, I'm telling you, I, I trust in this offense. The I offense. him. Arthur Smith does what Matt really? Ryan likes. Arthur Smith runs a very play action heavy scheme. And, and he should. Yeah. Yeah. And what and I mean, yeah, analytics dictates that you should run play action like a lot. Right. It's what we had Ben Baldwin on the show last year and he broke mm-hmm. it down for us. Yep. Um 
and you know a lot of motion. Arthur Smith, very very analytical approach. And Matt Ryan, when has he had the most success in his career? 2016, when he was running that play action bootleg, when he was you know moving a little bit outside of the pocket, when he was moving around. And you know Arthur Smith has brought that. That's something that they tried to force on Steve Sarkeesian. I, I've still never understood uh, bringing in an OC and trying to have him run another <laughs> offensive coordinator's playbook with right. his own like. But, I, but I still thought he did fine, even with that. Especially circuit. 2018. Like his 2018 yeah. season is so underrated. But at, at least with Dirk, Dirk just took away that entire element. Dirk was like, hey, this is my scheme. This is what we're going to run. And like, like Adnan has pointed out, like you're – he's Arthur Smith is starting slowly to just implement like, okay, he's starting to figure out like, okay, where's everybody's strengths? What does Matt do? What does Matt do? Great. What does Kyle, what, what does he do? Great. What does Cordero, where do I need to line him up at to be, to get the full, uh, full pedigree out of, out of Cordero Patterson. You starting to see that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and like the defense deserves some props too. I mean, after this game, obviously it was against the jets, but Falcons are now 12th in total yardage allowed on defense, uh, 14th in passing yardage, 13th in rushing yardage. Yes. They're, they're above average in yardage now on defense. They're 12th in, in total in defense. In total yards, yeah. And now, obviously, the, de- the you know going against the Jets this week helped a lot. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, they-, they were like they were in the high teens last week, too, uh, before the Jets game. So they, they were you like know, 18th or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Now, they're still 28th in scoring, but... <laughs> Oh, okay. uh, yeah, but if you take I'd away the be 12th yeah. in scoring, then yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. If you take away the twenty-one points that are the pick sixes right. and the kick return, they're like twenty-third. But you yeah. know, like I think they're closer to that you know twenty-third number than they are to twenty-eight. Is what I'm saying. I just, so. I just want to see some turnovers. That's that's all I really want to see. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Jalen Hawkins got one last game. Very yeah, that very, was a great turnover. Great game yeah, by Jalen Hawkins. Great, great game overall that. by Jalen Hawkins. But man, where was that turnover against Washington? That would have been nice. That would have been nice. I mean, it, it hit their hands, but you <laughs> it know, did. It, it, we it lead the league hands. in almost interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to see him make because we we all know we've all discussed that you know the talent really isn't there with this unit, the overall talent. But I just yeah. want to get a couple turnovers, guys. That it can really, I think it can really help out a lot more than people think it would. And I don't think that the next matchup for the defense will be super scary either. You know, no. you're talking about a Dolphins team that whose offense, yeah, Tua Tungavailoa has been hurt. Uh, he'll probably be back for that game. Off IR. Yeah, he's coming off IR this week. Mm-hmm. Tua last season wasn't really amazing. He wasn't really, you know, that great. Uh, this season he started out, you know, a little slow before before the injury hit him. Um. I think he played what he played one game against New England, had 200 yards, uh, passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, interception, then got hurt early on against Buffalo. Miami's a team that's also, you know, struggling with the injuries, just like the Falcons. Yeah. Will Fuller, Devontae Parker. Uh, Will Fuller is going to be out. He's on IR. Yeah. yeah. Devontae Parker is battling a hamstring injury. So, same scenario as the Falcons this last game, where, you know, you're without you're probably two top targets and then you have a top 10 draft pick rookie who, you know, the brunt of it will fall on him uh, in Jalen Waddle. They also have Mike Kosicki, who's an incredibly talented uh, 
receiving tight end. Yeah, you know, yeah. very, very good player. He's uh, he's going to be someone the Falcons have to watch, as well as Jalen Waddle. Um, and Miami's run game hasn't really been that that intimidating this yeah. year. You know, uh, I'm I'm putting, I'm putting a kinder spin on it than Eric. Um, but yeah Miami's definitely a team and also scheduling quirk they're playing in London this week yeah and they're coming back from London next week and playing the Falcons immediately wait they don't have a bye they don't have a bye week they don't they play us right after their London game one of the only ones that doesn't have a bye this year after London weeks off to get healthy Oh, and they got to come back from London and play the Falcons. That's going to be a tricky one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, tricky for I mean, Miami, not yeah, tricky, tricky for Atlanta. Miami. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. going to be tricky. Hopefully for not tricky for for. I, uh, I, thought it was, for I thought it was the norm that once it you is. play in the game, you have the bye week. I thought it is. It is, but for it's once, a, the schedule makers are in the Falcons' favor. You like know, the but only for once, thing another team gets screwed and it favors the Falcons. So the schedule yep. makers were like, "Oh, what do we do?" Yep. So hopefully we gave the Jags a bye week, but we didn't give it to the Dolphins. Uh oh. Yeah. I mean, hopefully uh, Arthur Smith is better coming off a bye than Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn yeah, was awful yeah, coming off a l- bye. Last time Dan Quinn came off a bye to play the Miami Dolphins, the Falcons <laughs> lost, and that was right after the Dolphins like strength and conditioning coach. Oh got, yeah. Like, that was the got, cocaine got, game. Got yeah. Snorting coke. <laughs> the that cocaine game. game. Yeah. I think that it was, was also, their strength and conditioning coach. It was also yeah. the game that. Uh, Kiko Alonso, who did, who did he carry? He carried somebody in that game. I can't remember. Was it was it Gabriel? It might have been. I don't remember. Marvin Hall, somebody. He, he it was it was one play where he he caught like the receiver or whatever. And he kind of like walked with them after the incompletion. I'm like, oh, this is. <laughs> that was also yeah. I think the Falcons definitely blew a lead in that game. Yes. Lost yeah, they, in overtime. Definitely. Yep. Um, yep. That was and that was one of those games in 2017 where you know. The Falcons were started off three and zero. Other than the Packers win, a couple very very shaky wins. The yes. ten second runoff game against Detroit. Yep. The game against Chicago where they should have won, but then Brooks Reed got the fourth fourth yep. and goal sack. Yep. Um. So so you know they weren't really on great footing. I we think they just about that game. Yeah, they right. just lost to Buffalo, where they got hosed. Really great, they should have won. Yeah, they, yeah. they got hosed. It was the forward pass from that's Matt right, Ryan, that's where, right. yeah. yeah, where all the wide receivers got hurt in that game. I think yep. Nick Williams was his number one receiver in that Hell one. Yeah, by Nick the Williams. end of it, yeah. Um, but yeah, we got hosed against Buffalo. Then against Miami, it's like, all right, everything is looking good. You know, coming off a bye week, we're up. I think seventeen nothing, whatever it was. Lost to them in overtime. Uh, <laughs> That then got destroyed by the Patriots to lose three straight against that uh, AFC East, and yeah, that was just a rough start to the season. That because, was very rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Falcons need to get this win though next week, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, we'll talk more about it next week, you know, because we have another game to talk about their matchup next. Another another show to talk about it because it is the bye week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, the Falcons do need to get the win against the Dolphins um, because it's a difficult stretch there. You know, two division games. You're probably hoping to split those. Um, you know, obviously it would be great to, to win both of them, but you're probably realistically like, okay, we need to split these. Um, cause if you split those, you win against Miami, you split those, uh, you're going to be right at 500 still with a game against a Patriots team. That's not that great, you know, pretty mediocre. Um, so you could get above 500 there and, you know, you're still very much in the hunt in this NFC. Like the NFC is the NFC wildcard race is totally open right now. So all, all, all I wanted coming into this season was to be above 500 in November. 
Yeah, and I think like I think that's we'll have all that. I yeah. want. <laughs> I think we might get that, so that would be nice yeah, for they're, a change. They're, yeah. they're right along. They're right along where I figured they would be as far yeah. as that that five hundred that mediocre. Yeah, I mean they should be three and two. They should be. Yeah, three but and man, two. it would have been nice to beat Washington. It would have been nice. They should have. Man, but, it would have been nice to beat Washington and to beat three. And we two got right into now. the same situation against the Jets, and Arthur Smith did something different, and it worked. And I don't think I ever saw that with Dan Quinn. Not one time. It was like, Not you know, we're just going to keep, just gonna keep doing then, it, you know. So, and then figured that out directly after the game that he learned his lesson. Yep. As soon as he saw the, the lead evaporate, first thing he did. <laughs> Dial up a deep post, shot to Pitts. Yes. Right down the seam. Yep. That's exactly what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. If, if it didn't work out, I wouldn't have had a single negative thing to I say would, about exactly. it. Exactly. I will never... I would never be against an offensive coordinator wanting to stay aggressive late in game with a lead, like yep. nursing the lead, running the ball, milking the clock. Even That's- Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Look, no. there's there's one no. exception, you know, <laughs> only that one time. No. And, and I would t- I tell people to this day because they still ask me, and I said, "Look, I'm never going to be upset at Kyle Shanahan for wanting to go deep against New England with that lead." I mean, we were we were I, roasting them all I, game on those, I, I, on those plays. I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same boat. And again, we're we're not going to linger on this. No, but no. I would have done the same. The same no, thing. Yeah, I don't blame him because that's what got him there. You yeah. go yeah. down yeah. doing what what right. got you there. Yeah, it was you, consistent. You just, yeah, you got a chance to kick the Patriots in the teeth. I don't. He that's what he wanted to do. I don't mind it. So same thing with with Arthur Smith. He wanted yeah. to go deep. Follow me. Stay aggressive. What do you have to honestly? What do you really have to lose this season? Yeah. By just being complacent and sitting on a ball, like just exactly, go just go, go for it. it. Go, just, go play just play entertaining. Just play entertaining games. That's and all. It was, it was. It was less than four minutes. Three point game. I, if, if anything, it's it, it's more baffling that they that they were that they weren't aggressive against Washington given the circumstances because right. they were up by only two against Washington and again mm-hmm. they had no punter at yeah. that point. You know yeah. you yeah. you had a healthy punter, you had a healthy Colquitt in this game. You had a, a three point lead instead of a two point lead, mm-hmm. and yeah, Arthur Smith went out there and said, "All right, like it, it burned me last week. Yep. I'm not just going to run, run, mm-hmm. run, punt, and just give the Jets the ball back with momentum." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it worked out for the Falcons. They scored a touchdown on that drive, and that that was all she wrote. Yep. The Jets did end up marching downfield. I think they kicked a field goal. They yeah, did. They yeah, because there was the sack. Yeah, they were down two. Yeah, they were down two scores with about two minutes left, two three minutes left, and then you know it was it was. They basically got, had to burn all their clock to get the field goal. Had to burn all the clock. Yeah, got a couple sacks on that drive too, yep, and it's, yep. yeah. So it exactly, was, it, it so. paid off. It was it was perfectly played. I, th- I mean, I think the defense. Gave up some some plays. Honestly, if like Terrell just turns his head and doesn't run into the receiver to, on that DPI, I mean this game is not close. Also, if they don't fumble twice in the red zone, that would be nice. But you know, beggars can't was, be choosers. Beggars can't be choosers. All right, yeah. we're just looking for W's. All right, we're looking for they, W's. They could have had guys. They could have had a could have had a forty burger. Yeah, yeah. Should have had one. I mean, Hayden Hurst fumbled. Davis Hayden fumbled. Hurst fumbled on like every catch, right? He's got he's gonna need to clean that points. up. Yeah. Hey, like Hayden Hurst, this game would have been an absolute blowout. It was 17-0. And Hayden Hurst fumbles it right when the team was about to score another touchdown to go up 24 yeah. 0 Like the Jets would have been broken at that point. And this was right after the turnover that they got. Yeah, yes. right after the, 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 right the Hawkins <laughs> the Hawkins pick and the Jets at that point, I think had gone three and out twice. Yep. 
And then through the turnover, like their defense was absolutely gassed, and it was only the first half. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, we did, they did a good job. I think there were some dumb mistakes, and this is a young team that's going to make some dumb mistakes. So it doesn't shock me. What I what I liked, and I think what we all liked, was that they did the right thing at the end of the game. Um, they protected the lead by growing it instead of <laughs> sitting on it. And that, that's what you have to do in this league because you're going to go up against teams that aren't the Jets, that can score, that are good offenses, and this defense is not equipped to stop them. Um, and you're going to have to... I mean, I tweeted it out. I think I tweeted it out in the third quarter. I was like, 20 points is not going to be enough to win this game. Like, they're going to have to score again to win this game. And it's exactly right. The Jets ended up getting 20 points. So, thankfully, the Falcons did get that late touchdown. That was a perfect drive. Did exactly what they needed to do. The Jets simply couldn't recover from that. Um, And uh, it was a good game. And uh, we will continue to talk about that uh, on next week's show. Obviously, no Falcons game this weekend. Uh, but we'll we'll you know continue discussing the team and uh, hopefully we'll get some updates on Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, their status, um, and hopefully some other players too. You know we'll see in terms of guys like Josh Andrews who would be nice death to have at this point. Um, you know Matt Gono hopefully he'll he'll be coming back at some point. Um, again, guys, please do like and subscribe if you haven't done that already. Check out the Patreon page and the Discord links to both of those are in the show description. Before we take off, I want to thank my co-host tonight. First of all, uh, shout out to Evan Birchfield for getting Andre Ryzen on. Really appreciate that. I know Evan was having some technical difficulties of his own. Those Saints, you know, the Saints were really hacking our show tonight. Luckily, the three of us were able to stay on the air. But uh, thank you to Evan. Evan's at Evan Birchfield on Twitter, guys, and check out the Falcolic Instagram as well. Also with us tonight, we have Adnan Ikic. He is at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you'd like to plug this week? Um, yeah, I'm writing a bi week article. Uh, detailing the reasons to be optimistic for the Falcons for the rest of the season. Uh, that should be going tomorrow. Yeah, cool. Check that out, guys, for sure. Uh, also with us tonight, we have Eric Robinson. He is at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, anything you're working on you'd like to plug? Actually, I'm not. There's nothing. It's a bye week. I mean, I usually would have a game preview, but I don't have a <laughs> No game. game. Yeah. So no game preview just relaxing. Week. Yep. Yeah. I'll I'll try to pick up something. <laughs> some some kind of content there'll be content always on the falcolic.com even if it's not from us so maybe, maybe i can get started on that mock truck yeah no we said we would put it up they won this week we said we would put the draft takes uh, off if they lost weeks. this week it would have been mock oh draft yeah season. this would this would be big time se- mock draft season um i already did one but it was just a three-rounder it was just a three-rounder not a full mock draft so we're, we're still i think i definitely still... started watching tape yeah i've definitely started looking into guys at least a little bit For so sure. yep and who guys, do you look in the most? Who, who, who let's you see. I mean, just like, like the big names, like Evan Neal, uh, Kyle Hamilton. The what position have you looked at the most? I mean, I, I looked at like Malik Willis and I looked at Matt. I guess I've watched like three quarterbacks. Like I've watched Matt Coral and Malik Willis and Sam Howell. Um, I do think Matt Coral's having a great year, but I still like Malik Willis. He's he's my guilty pleasure. So. Okay. But right. uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I, right now I'm kind of, if they, you know, I like Evan Neal a lot too. Um, if they decide they don't want to go the quarterback route and they were still picking in the top 10, but if they're outside the top 10, which is where they'd probably be now. Um, they're eighth you know, now. Yeah. They might, they might still have a shot at Evan Neal if they're eighth. Maybe, probably not. But <laughs> I think, I, 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 this draft is going to be definitely going to be different. It's not going to be quarterback heavy at the top. Like it was yeah. this past year. I would be surprised, honestly, if we get, I think Coral will probably go like early, but 
maybe three quarterbacks this year, maybe. Yeah. And and it, it, I honestly can see a case where there may not be a quarterback taken in the top ten. Honestly, I can maybe. see it. If, if, there, if there's no trades, I can see that possibly happening. Yeah. Yeah, and I like—I don't think the Falcons are going to force it. You know, I think they'd probably like to to have a quarterback if one falls to no. them, but they're not going to force it. So, but I want—I want people to pay attention. Like they are scouting quarterbacks. Like, yeah, they—they they were at the Malik Willis uh, Syracuse game. So, right, you've been to um, two Ole Miss games this season, looking at Matt Corral. Like I would just pay attention. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all I'm definitely keep that on your radar. I mean, I think they're probably going to be picking in the mid-teens. That's that's my guess still. Um, I think, you know, if Malik Willis, Matt Corral are, are there, you know, you consider it, but I don't think they're going to be trading up for any of these guys at this point. Um, yeah. yeah, Kieran, I would love Jordan Davis too, but if we're picking in the mid teens, I don't know if he'll be there. I would love that though. That would be, that'd be really cool. Um, all right, guys, I'm Kevin. I at Falcon call Kevin. Um, I'll have stuff coming out this week, stuff coming out next week. Uh, hopefully I'll get all 22 game pass at some point. Maybe since it's the bye week they'll have it to me before, you know, the next game starts so I can actually do a video. Uh, film breakdown so that would be cool if we could get that going um but otherwise i'll have written stuff uh and we will have another show for you guys next wednesday with some more special guests we're working on um so yeah i uh i just really appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight uh really appreciate andre rising for coming on and uh, delivering some really scorching takes and uh just really giving us the inside scoop on on his career a lot of fun to talk to him. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get him back on with, with fewer technical difficulties, but we appreciate him sticking through it and uh, and delivering those takes all the same. Um, so for all of us, guys, thank you so much for watching. We will talk to you next Wednesday at 8, 10 p.m. You guys know when here on the Falcoholic Live. Enjoy your stress-free football Sunday and have a great night, folks. See you then.